Pretty awesome. Pretty awesome seeing those kids hearing the Word and listening to it. It's exciting. Hey, uh, this morning is our Out Sunday. Out Sunday. So uh, the title of the sermon today is Reaching Out. And uh, next Sunday, we will begin our new series. Uh, It will be called Revival. Revival. And we will be... uh, doing an overview of Second Chronicles, learning about some of the good Old Testament saints, some of the kings who uh, uh, led their people to the Lord as they sought Him. Some did it wonderfully, some did it and failed, and uh, we're excited to pray for and learn about um, revival in the Old Testament, as well as what it would mean to bring about revival in our own hearts and in this community and abroad. Um, While we're on that, um, if you are looking to grow in Christ, if you um, want to live your life with the up arrow, um, this church does a phenomenal job writing um, everyday readings that uh, correspond with the sermon. Uh, One of our ladies does it. And if you're saying, I would love to like learn more and like be in the scriptures, I just don't have a plan. I don't know like what to read when I come to the Bible. It's important to me, but I want to, I want to like grow. This would be a phenomenal way for you to lead your own heart and to lead your family. Um, if you're 11 or 12 or 13 or 14 year old or whatever comes to you and says, hey, mom, dad, I want to grow in the scriptures this, tuck this in your Bible, and uh, read this with them. This will follow along with the sermon series. So the first day um, that it starts will be Sunday, February 2nd, and then uh, it'll, it's organized by day. So just a little plug for you. There's one on your seat. Um, use it, and we're excited to see what God does in you to grow. Uh, in addition, we sent out an email um, a week or two ago related to uh, Kid Zone. We're looking for um, a team of administration organizers to handle some of the, uh, some of the tasks that it takes to um, minister to our kids during this time. And we're looking sp- uh, specifically for a scheduler. And so if that uh, lights your fire, if you are administratively minded and um, want to serve in that way and looking to... Um, to grow in the in arrow in your life with regards to uh, your local church, that would be a wonderful way to serve. Uh, come and talk to me or come and talk to Peter Leeper. Well, let's get after it. Are we ready? All right, so just personal story, real short. Um, uh, every night uh, before our kids go to bed, my wife and I, we walk our kids upstairs and after they've brushed their teeth and brushed their hair and got their pajamas on and everything like that, we... We, uh, you know, we'll read them a story, and then uh, we'll tuck them in bed, and then I will pray for them, or Mama will pray for them. And uh, lately, I feel like I've been in this rut, honestly, of, um, of praying that my kids would just sleep well, okay? Uh, it kind of looks like this, dear Lord, thank you for this day, uh, and I pray that so-and-so would sleep well tonight, and that they would have good rest, um, in Jesus' name, amen, right? And, uh, and so I, I was just convicted one night recently that, that, you know what, 
I'm not, I'm not really praying for my kids with substance. And so, like, I just, Lord, what, what would you have me pray? Not in a, in a regimented sort of way, but like, is there any passage of Scripture that, would, that, that you would have me own and pray for my kids each night, right? And uh, it was like, right away, just the Lord brought to my mind Psalm 67. I love this passage. It's a great passage. If you would, turn in your, in your Bibles to Psalm 67. And I'm just going to share with you a little bit, trying to connect Sunday morning to Monday through Saturday uh, at nighttime with your kids, or um, just trying to connect faith and your home this morning. Um, uh, verse 1 of Psalm 67 is one that many, many people love and remember, okay? It says this, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make His face to shine upon us. Selah, okay? Um, and so uh, recently I've just started praying, Lord, I pray that you would be gracious unto my kids, right? Th that, that being that you would show your grace through Jesus Christ. Lord, grant them the gift of faith and repentance if they haven't responded yet and show your grace to them that they may experience you, right? And bless them. This isn't like this uh, financial blessing. Um, like, I pray that my kids would be rich one day financially, and they, that they would have every material item that they would ever want. No, I've been praying, Lord, that you would bless them with every spiritual blessing, the New Testament says, that is found in Christ Jesus. So, Lord, I pray that they would be blessed, that they would be totally and utterly satisfied in Jesus alone. And I'm praying this out loud to my kids. I'm putting my hands on their head and praying a blessing over them. Lord, that, they, that, that Jesus would be their highest treasure and that they would be so blessed by him. And Lord, that your face would shine upon them. That's kind of an Old Testament-ish saying. It's from Moses when he went up on the mountain and he said, Lord, show me your glory. And the Lord said, well, if I do that, you're going to die, but like, I'll show you my backside, right? And so like, he kind of like, hide in this cleft, Moses, and he, and he just kind of like, whoosh, by him. And Moses, as a result, his face was shining bright, right? He saw the Shekinah glory of God, uh, scholars say. And he came down, and he had a, this veiled face because he was so bright because he, he saw the glory of God. And this one says, make your face shine. So as to say, Lord, when I'm praying for my kids, Lord, I pray that they would so experience your blessings and your grace that they would shine brightly for Jesus. That they would just experience his glory with their life. And then it says Selah, which is a little weird, right? We've talked about this before. As scholars think it's one of two things. Uh, it's either like Selah worship, so that you would like, Read that and just stick up your hands and just worship him. But other ways it's used in Scripture and outside of Scripture is Selah. Pause. Like stop. Right? Uh, I think it's actually both. Right? So you read it and you pause and then you go, Oh, Lord, I worship you. You're so good. 
This is who you are. This is what you do. But get this, friends. Uh, many people read Psalm 67 and they literally stop. There's no more verses in Psalm 67 to them because they're so enamored with this cool thing. Oh yeah, may God be gracious to me and bless me and his face shine upon me. And they ask and pray for these blessings for them alone. And that's it. And sometimes when I pray for my kids, sometimes I just stop there. But lately... My, my heart has been like challenged to be like, Lord, I pray that you would bless them so that the rest of Psalm 67 would be true in their life. And I'm going to show it to you, but don't look yet. Don't, no, don't pause. Don't, no, no, no. But get your heads up. Okay? All right? Psalm 67 is a blessing for you so that you would be a blessing to other people. You are blessed so that you can bless, so that others would be blessed. <laughs> I know, but that's true. That is the main summary of this text. And if you could go out today with this like heart that is swollen, and if you could go out today with those songs that we just sang, we're like equipped to have those melodies be our weapon to fight this battle today, of having this idea that I'm only blessed for myself alone, if we would be free from that today and to live outward lives to be a blessing for others, watch out the gates of hell. It's going to be awesome. All right, now I give you permission to look at verse number two, okay? I'm going to read two through five. Watch, watch how your purpose in life if you have re repented of your sins and placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, if you're a Christian, watch the purpose of your life. Okay, I'm getting a little excited here. And, okay. That your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let the peoples praise you. Verse 4. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon the earth. Selah. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let the peoples praise you. Okay, so this psalm is clear. If you have been blessed, if the Lord has been gracious upon you, if the light of Jesus Christ is shining upon you, then your mission in life is to be used by God so that other people would be blessed and they would be glad in Him that they would praise and worship the Lord. Your whole MO is to raise the glory of God so that all peoples on earth would love, worship, and adore Him. And our God is so humble. He could do it by Himself, but he chooses to use his people, us. So, that's, that it, that's it, okay? Psalm 67, that's like the chief end of man that will give you like enormous, incredible purpose in this life. It'll give you great joy and blessing. And uh, here's how we're going to phrase it today. Um, 
if you have this mindset of like, Lord, bless me, and Lord, make your face shine upon me, and it stops right there, your Selah is a literal pause like forever, then you are like a statue, okay? You are like a monument. As an individual, you are collecting dust. It just, the blessing stops with you. But if you adopt, absorb, and like encompass the rest of Psalm 67, you won't be like a monument, you will be like a movement, okay? It will, it will come, your blessing will come, and it will go in and through you towards others, and you won't collect dust, but you will be used by God in incredible ways as an individual. As a community, we can also adopt just verse 1, and we can say, oh man, we're so blessed, and let's have it just stop right here with us, right? If we did that as a church, we also would become this monument, this place where just a service happens, and we come, and we go. But if we really believe in verses 2 and following, then we will be a movement used by God uh, for His glory so that all peoples, all nations would hear about Him and praise Him. So, essentially we've got to ask the question like, hey, what are we going to be? Are we going to be a monument or a movement? And so, in that same vein, I would love to just share a story of where we came from so that we are reminded about our DNA. We're reminded about um, who we are and what we're supposed to be, our vision. This is the last Sunday of our foundation series. Every January, we just remind each other who we are, where we came from, and what we're supposed to be about. And, uh, and I pray that this would be a blessing, okay? And so, um, we, we were planted by Antioch Church, um, Antioch, the story of Antioch is this. About 16 or 17 years ago now, um, that church was planted, Lebanon Evangelical Free Church. And um, it was, they first started meeting in a funeral home. And um, after, after like a year and some change, they found out that the rent for the Y was cheaper than the funeral home. And so they said, how about we just start meeting at the Countryside Y in Lebanon, okay? And so they like moved all their gear and they started meeting in the lower gym, if you're familiar with that area, uh, the lower gym, and it was rickety and the AC was loud and the running track went around them. And like when, when uh, the preacher had to be done at 12, like they opened, they opened the doors and like people started to run around the tracks. And so their like closing song was always like a little bit strange and weird, okay? <laughs> the elders, after a year or so, um, they had this mentality and they said, um, yeah, yeah, let's like, let's try out this why. And after, uh, like, maybe we'll grow and maybe our budget will get a little bigger. And then we'll like start looking for land and we'll build a church. And no one ever said it in these words, but there was this mentality of once we get enough money and people, then we'll build a facility and we'll become a real church, right? Anyone ever like thought that in the church world before? Real churches are churches that like have 
uh, land <laughs> um, in a building and like a sign or whatever. Um, but after a, a short time of being in the Y, they looked at each other and they got down on their knees and they said, look at where the Lord has placed us. This is the largest YMCA in the world with over 30,000 members that continually come into this facility. Why in the world would we ever move out of this and ask people to go off-site of something that they're already coming to us with? Why would we build? That would be crazy. And so they got down on their knees and said, Lord, are you... We might have just like found something by mistake, but are you leading us to be here forever? And they prayed and they fasted and they said, yeah, we will never build a building. We will be here. And so they changed their name from Lebanon Evangelical Free to Antioch, a church in the YMCA. <laughs> and is based off of this verse, uh, and when he found him, uh, he brought him to Antioch. And for a whole year, they met with the church and taught a great many people. And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. And so the story of, of Antioch in the scriptures is that it was like the first missionary clearinghouse. People came in, Paul and Barnabas taught them intensely, and they sent them out from Antioch. And... Uh, when they committed to staying there and training and sending, it was like the Lord continued to reveal um, beautiful things about their commitment to the YMCA. They started to learn more about what it meant to, to be a part of the YMCA, to be in a Y. Um, they started doing some study in the history of the Y. The YMCA uh, is, uh, it's, is short for Young Man's Christian Association. And so they're like, Christian, like, what's the deal? Like, who founded this thing anyways? And after just a little bit of research, um, they found that this guy named George Williams started the Y, okay? Now, let's, let's pull up this slide. When it was asked, George Williams, what was in your mind that caused you to form the first Young Men's Christian Association? He said this, ready? We had one thing in mind. And that was to bind our little company together in order that we might the better lead our comrades to Christ, and in order that we might share with one another our personal experience with Jesus Christ, of Christ, forgive me. And so they went, huh. So the, the why is not just like some gym and swim, but it is a Christian organization purposed and meant to reach people for Jesus Christ. We like that. It's different than if we met at a school. It's different than if we just like met at a movie theater. The place that we're moving to and adopting as our very culture is a place that wants us to speak of Jesus Christ to the people coming in. A little more study. Uh, the YMCA in 1855, leaders from all over the world gathered in Paris and they formed this unifying statement that every YMCA in the world to this day still signs in agreement of, okay? It's called the Paris Basis. It says this, 
The Young Men's Christian Association seeks to unite those young men who are regarding Jesus Christ as their God and Savior, according to the Holy Scriptures, desire to be His disciples in their faith and in their life, and to associate their efforts for the extension of His kingdom amongst young men. In short, the paraspasis, the thing that every Y commits to, are these four things. Ready? Number one, to exalt Jesus. Number two, to be faithful to God's word. Number three, to make disciples. And number four, to spread God's kingdom. If you're here and you aren't quite tracking with me yet, you might be like, why is Newman talking about the why and Antioch and things like that? It's like, uh, we'll get there. But we're, we're reminding ourselves of our very DNA of who we are and what God is calling us to be. So af- after Antioch like, learned of these things and the very constitution of the YMCA, they said, we, we're diving headfirst in. Like, we, we want to be the model and church in the Y. And there's, they, they saw that like this is very fertile ground for church planting locally, nationally, and internationally. YMCAs across the world want churches in them to help fulfill their mission. And so they, uh, Antioch started locally um, with praying and wanting to develop men to, in order to lead churches. And so uh, five years ago, they planted their first church locally uh, in Landon. It's called Landon Church in the Countryside YMCA. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> it's like their very warp and woof. It's, it's their very name. They want to be in the Y. Uh, it's from John 17. Study it this week, okay? And then um, a few years later, um, uh, the board of the Countryside YMCA was presented with the opportunity to buy this building right here that we're in. They prayed about it as a board and, and they said, well, if we buy it, we want a church in it because it is the very like essence of who we are. We need a church to help us fulfill our mission. And so they approached Antioch and they said, hey, if we buy this building, would you plant a church in it? And they went, well, let me pray. Yes, yes, what, what, of course, that's who we are. We don't have to pray about it. We've been praying about it for years. And so the elders called up the Newmans and they said, hey, you're in Texas. Uh, you want to plant a church up here? And we prayed through it. We told our elders. We prayed as a whole church. And we said yes. And we moved on up here. This was the vision that was casted to us from the elders of Antioch and the board of the YMCA. And they said this, hey, we're buying this building. Um, It's an old church building. It's got a steeple, right? It's not like um, every other Y that you see, um, but actually it represents about a third of the Ys across the country. A lot of the Ys in America are converted church buildings, okay? And they said, hey, uh, we, we need to be honest with you. Us, the Y, we do, um, we do our vision pretty well. Our vision is mind, body, soul. 
We do the body pretty well. We've got a lot of treadmills. We've got a lot of swimming pools and things like that, basketball courts. We do the mind fairly well. We offer classes and things like that to develop people. Uh, the soul, we need your help. And we're, we're, we're buying this building in hopes that one day it would be a model to the rest of the wise in the world that it would be the very soul center of the community. We do the mind well. We do the body well. We need a place that is the soul ministry to the community. That it would both minister to the kids, the staff, the community at large, and it would actually help them know God and walk with them. Not just offer treadmills. With that vision before us, Hannah and I and our family, we said yes. We came to Antioch, and we met all you, and you said yes. And now we're here. Our first service was uh, in September of 2018. It's January of 2020. And, um, and we are, we've had a beautiful year and some change. It has been awesome to see God work, hasn't it? It's been exciting to be used by God to make his name and renown known in the Mainville and, and uh, surrounding areas. I think a helpful verse to think through and talk through in terms of concentric circles or mission strategies and things like that, reminder, this is out Sunday. Here's where we start asking the question, all right, Lord, you have blessed us how can we be a blessing towards others? Yes, to each other, the in arrow, but Lord, how can you use us as a church to minister to this community and beyond? What are you doing? And we're waiting for you. We're excited. So here's a few things that he's done already that we need to just celebrate, okay? So Acts 1.8 uh, says, hey, you'll be my witnesses and I'm going to send you, and you're going to go to, to, to Jerusalem. It's like local. You're going to go to Judea and Samaria. It's like a little bit beyond. And then I'm going to continue my work, and I'm going to send you to the very utter ends of the earth, right? Like international stuff, okay? So let's talk local first, okay? What has the Lord done in and through us uh, locally? And uh, here's, some, here's some fun just things that the Lord has used to give us an on-ramp to re a relationship with our particular why. Or we say um, our, uh, our first fishing pond to be, make fishers of men, right? Um, um, uh, here's, here's a couple of them. Um, we've had uh, some harvest dinners. In terms of church plant strategies, what church plant, even before they kick off, gets to meet 90 people and feed them food and serve them, right? Usually church plants are going, in what ways are we going to like reach out to the community and how to, already, boom, we've got like our mission, vision, the people, and like our first fishing pond is this why. How can we love and serve the community by loving the why? We hear that and use that phrase a lot in this church, okay? Harvest dinners, we, we had a, a hot dog night and uh, I struggled not to say like uh, we're going to have a hot, I don't know how it went, like a weenie dog night or something like that. And 
It's like, no, we can't do that. It's got to be, yeah. So, like, we had a bunch of folks in, and, like, we mingled with them, and we, it was just, like, it was really cool, right? We had, this, um, we had this period of time where we got to minister to them through their and our suffering when the bees came. You guys remember the bees? Yeah, there's, if you weren't here at that time, there was like millions of honeybees here, okay? And they came and they like were in the steeple and all in the walls and stuff. And uh, just, we got to like help them and make some community connections for them. And like, hey, what is, yeah, we had a service in there. And it was fine. We made all these corny jokes about like being Christ-like and things like that. And we just had fun with it, sort of, right? <laughs> No one got stung. No one died. It was great. Um, we, we had a week where we just devoted uh, ourselves to serving the staff by washing their cars. It was cool just to meet a tangible need. They would pull up, and we had a church from West Virginia come and help us, and we were just like vacuuming and scrubbing, and they left that day like, that was really kind of them, right? Um, this year, this year, like, we want to celebrate those things. We want to continue to do them. And then also we want to ask the Lord if he would increase our out arrow towards them. In what ways can we be a help, a spiritual resource to them? Those things that the God has given us so far are wonderful on-ramps to relationships. But we're asking this, and write this down and pray with us in this area. We're asking that he would create opportunities for sustainable relationships. You hear that? Like, Lord, what is one way that you could like create opportunities for relationally sustainable ministries? So events are great. We want, we want things that happen more often, that we get to meet the kids and we get to be with the staff and minister in, in greater ways. And so here's one that's already happening, okay? This is really exciting. Um, you already know this, but I just need to say it and, and just remind ourselves of the purpose. Um, we are having our first soul center class, right? We're having the Art of Parenting happening second and fourth Wednesdays uh, up in the upper room okay? And it's awesome. There's 11 couples that are coming every other week and are studying the gospel. They're studying how, how Lord, do, do you like work in and through me as you've called me to be a parent? Just Google, right? What are the main causes of divorce in Warren County? And by the way, Warren County is leading the state in divorce, of divorce and, and like families having hardships and like breaking apart. What is causing it? And like one of the chief reasons is parenting. Like we've got to help this community in the area of marriage and family. And we're taking steps. And it's so exciting to see. Pray for that, will you? Pray that um, the people involved in that class would, would like just love the information, love it, and like start raising their kids in the instruction and admonition of the Lord, and through godly parenting, that this community would see Christ and hear about Him, okay? So 
as, as these semesters, as the years come on, we want to add more to those classes, right? We want this place to be the soul center where it's like a machine, where there's kids coming here, they're studying, you know, adults are studying uh, biblical finance, they're studying parenting, they're, they're having marriage classes and things like that. We want this place to be the soul center. It's going to be awesome. All right, here's another thing, okay? Uh, on the 2020 radar, uh, they have asked us to do a VBS, okay? Um, which is really exciting um, in that um, um, usually, well, I'll just say it this way. Um, a YMCA is asking a church to come in and teach them the scriptures, like teach them the gospel, so that's, it's not a normal uh, VBS where it's um, kids from the church. These are kids from the community, and none of them, I, I shouldn't say that, uh, some of them have never heard the name of Christ before, which that may surprise you. Um, but when I first moved here, like, I remember asking a 13-year-old, so you ever heard of Christ? And he's like, huh? You know, geez, what? Right? They're out there. They're out there. They don't, they've never heard of Jesus. What an opportunity on our own turf, quote unquote, to bring the gospel. If we want to plant churches nationally and internationally, we've got to do it really well at home. And this is a great opportunity. More to come on that and more to plan and more to like say, hey, anyone interested in helping organize that? Okay. Um, and then the third one. So we talked about classes, talked about VBS. And here's the third one where I'll just phrase it like this. The door is opening, I-N-G. Like it's not figured out yet, but this is, the, this is how you kind of lead in ambiguity. I think this is what might the Lord be doing. Let's see what he does, right? But um, I think the Lord might be opening up weekly opportunities for us to come in here and serve the staff and the kids be really cool whether that means like coming in and reading bible stories or taking what we have taught our kids uh, the gospel project and just teaching that curriculum again to their kids like like god god can open up that doors and we're, we're willing to like throw money and resources towards it because why wouldn't we like they need to hear about christ and this is our out arrow like we are a church in the why we want to do it really well here cool? There's a couple local things, okay? Um, let me just talk about uh, international stuff as we um, plan our 2020 year together, okay? Um, if we're going to uh, plant churches in YMCAs, then we have to be deliberate in prayer. We've got to be a praying people, and we've got we've to pray specifically, and so um, uh, what we're going to do, like last year, is that we're going to choose um, specific YMCAs in strategic uh, cities um, to pray for, and then ask the Lord, Lord, would you ever use us there? Lord, what's going on there? What are the needs? And would you have us plant a church there? Would you have us go there on a mission trip to serve? Would you have us, um, in, in, what is it that you are doing here, Lord? And so we're going to lay these cities and YMCAs before him, and we're going to wait on him, as we just sang. 
And uh, in the meantime, we're going to study. We're going to present once a month in our services what it looks like to be a Y in London or be a Y in Dubai. We're going to hear, do they actually have a church in this Y? And what would it look like to train and send and plant a church there? I've seen, um, I've seen church plants uh, internationally. Um, Hannah and I spent some time in Rwanda, and um, we've seen the effects of one church choosing one country to, p- to pour all their resources and time and energy in. I'll say it uh, antithetically. Um, we also have seen churches spread themselves so thin where they're sponsoring a missionary $5 a month, and so they have like 120 missionaries, and they're, all of them are getting five bucks from, from their churches. And the church has a big map, and it says, look at all the countries we're impacting. But really what they're doing is they're crippling missionaries for when they come on furlough, having to visit 400 churches rather than coming back to maybe like one or two and be known and prayed for and supported really well. Will you join us in praying, Lord, which one? Lord, what country? What YMCA could we absolutely just thrust ourselves into for the next decade or five and see deep work happen? And so we have these up on the board for you. These are the ones that we're going to start praying through in February. Jerusalem, Monterey, Toronto, Myanmar, London, Dubai, Vietnam, Kuala Lumpur, Lima, Peru, Buenos Aires, Tanzania. If you are looking to um, serve in the area of the out arrow in your life, if you're wondering, Lord, how... I want to be obedient to your scriptures, but man, it seems so far off to think that I would have an impact on the, to the ends of the earth. I can't even like put, I can't even match my socks most of the time, right? If you're, if you are gifted at all with research or administration, um, if you're, if you're good writing emails or writing at all or, or, or calling, like we want your help, right? It would look like, hey, would you see, would you call Dubai this week? (laughs) Would you do a simple Google research? Find out all the YMCAs in Toronto. There's 20 of them, by the way. There's 22, two churches there. And would you, would you see about the other two? Would you meet their director? Would you get an Excel sheet going? Would you put the director's name down, his number, his email, whatever? Would you see what kind of ministries there? What are they open to? And start creating a database for that if that like like gets your fires going come on let's go let's do this okay let's make some headway let's move the needle we we want to start planning and praying to be used by god in this way we got to pray and here's how we're going to pray okay and um rather than just saying hey here's how we're going to pray and read it for you um we're actually like going to devote this list to the Lord this morning, okay? Um, and every month we're going to pray in the same three ways. We're going to say it every month so that we can remember it, and it's from three passages of scriptures. Uh, number one, we're going to pray for open doors. That's from Colossians 
Number two, we're going to pray for workers, Matthew 9. And number three, we're going to pray that the message spreads rapidly and would be honored, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1. And so let's do that this morning, okay? Um, worship team, would you, would you join me? And um, I'm just going to ask them to, uh, to play some music in the background. And this would be our time to, before life gets hectic again, before you start thinking about what you're going to cook for lunch or something like that, or where you're going to lunch, or what's, you know, what sporting events are happening or whatever, we're going to pray for the nations now. And so let's start with the first one, okay? Colossians 4.3 says, pray for open doors. Let's have a, just a moment where we all pray individually and then I'll close us. Let's pray together. Jesus, you said in John 15, without me, you can do nothing. And so we just, we commit our ways to you, we lay it down, and we say, Jesus, you've got to open some doors. We could run ourselves ragged. Where are you moving, God? through your Son and by your Holy Spirit, would you supernaturally open doors so that others may hear the gospel, receive your Son, Jesus Christ, and be glad in you. Lord, give us a courage, a boldness. It's all a wash if we just present some sort of program. We want to open our mouths to individuals and advance your kingdom one conversation at a time. We want to have the courage to just ask the simple question, do you know the Lord? Could I tell you about him? And we want to be used in our workplaces, in our neighborhoods, in our local YMCAs. We can't do it without you. Would you do it? Let's pray individually for workers. Jesus says the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Pray now that God would raise up a people for his own possession to be a laborer in the field. Lord, would you do that which you've promised? 
Would you make your name known to the ends of the earth? Lord, as a church, we want to we be faithful to your call. We want to make disciples. Would you, would you help us? Would you give us wisdom on how to, how to do this with our schedules? Lord, would you give us wisdom on what to say yes to, what to say no to? Help us to do the best things. Lord, show us what we must do, what we have to do, and then show us the things that we just like to do and help us to have priorities accordingly. Let's pray that the message would spread rapidly and be honored. And so, Lord, we just start locally and ask that your name that your message of the gospel, Lord, that it would spread rapidly. Lord, I wonder why you used rapidly. Does that mean hurried? I, don't, I, know, I know it means with an urgent heart. And Lord, would, so would you give us urgency? Would you not let the time slip away, but that we would redeem every day, every week, and we would... We would have this mind among us, which is in Christ Jesus, to, to have this message spread rapidly. And Lord, not just to get it out there and for a box to be checked, but that a people would, would receive it and so honor you, Second Thessalonians says. Lord, I pray that our church would be a people that would honor you Lord, that they would live a, a holy and blameless life. And not if, but when we screw it up, when we mess up, that we would confess our sins to you and be made right once again with you. Lord, use us, the poor and the powerless and the broken, that we may shout it, that we would scream it from the mountains, and that we would bring it to the valleys and that we would tell people the bold and very exclusive gospel that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life and that no one comes to the Father through any other means, through, through nice cars or through nice church attendance or through any sort of religious function, just Christ. Help us to proclaim Him. Would you do that, Lord? And so we're going to sing together in closing a prayer that, that asks that God would be enthroned. So we're saying, Lord, you're king. You're in control. Would everyone else be under the submission, the rule, and the reign of the king? And Lord, may that happen in my home to generations and to all nations. 
And would they all sing and say, hey, you're worthy, Lord of all. So would you stand now and have that mission's heart among you as we sing?